Podcasting with Carrie Jones. Hi guys, and welcome to this week's podcast. This week's episode, I drove up to the Midlands to meet my guest, and I was going to fish a Rutland water with him. But geez, in a cold. I don't think we'd have lasted an hour before our rod rings would have frozen up. So instead of fishing, I actually met up with him and recorded our chat in his office of where he runs his business. Flash attack. His plane flies to anglers up and down the country and all over the world. He talks about what goes on behind the scenes and how he started selling flies and what goes into making it the success it is today. He also is a guide on Rutland Water and if you've listened to past episodes, I've actually spent a couple of days with him on Rutland, chasing big browns. And if you haven't tuned in to one of the past episodes, join my Patreon and tune in and have a listen. He is also the coach the second time of the English youth team and will be fishing in Clawedog in the coming season. He talks about how his season was this year and best methods and patterns which he found have brought the most success. So welcome once more to my chat with Craig Barr. Well it's good to be back Craig. Welcome. We was going to fish but uh, looking at outside now I don't think we bother because we're in the warmth of your office now. I'd much rather be sat here than out there, that's for sure. Okay, minus one out there in the middle of the frost. I know. No thanks. And yesterday was bad. You couldn't even see 30 yards, probably, when oh you were guys, I know. The fog. This, this time of year when the fog comes down, there's nothing worse than sitting out on a lake. Your fingertips just remain like ice all day. Not enjoyable. And uh, I noticed you just come off a phone from your brother. Was he fishing yesterday? He was, yeah. Did yeah. he catch? Well, he, he went hunting for the uh, bigger fish, and um, as we found this last month, they're just not playing. They're, they've not been shown anywhere. He's mentioned Whitwell, the dam, blue pipes, usual hotspots to find them, and he, he's not moved to fish. He said, did he move one? Really? Um, apart from a stockfish, stocky brownie at Sykes Lane, nothing until the usual hotspot at the minute, which is the lodge front. Is so, it? Uh, they're all at the lodge now, are they? Yeah, but not the big ones. There was an otter joining their party yesterday, apparently. Um, and I'm beginning to wonder if that's where some of these oversized yeah. fish have gone, you know? Or they might be wiser, thinking, geez, let's mm, get out. They'd keep out of the way, wouldn't they? Yeah. I've known, in a, a fishery, White House Mill, it was called, and they had uh, peperones in a holding pond. And uh, they were like high teens, they were. And uh, one day he got up, and the otter had them both. It was too far. And so all they did was eat the head. Yeah, they just eat the top, don't they? Leave the rest, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I've uh, seen them on the spay salmon before, just a head gone missing and lovely bar of silver lying there apart from a head. Otter fodder. <laughs> well, where we're sitting now, this is to many, it's like a kid in a sweet shop. Flies everywhere. This is your like, <laughs> your home for yeah. most of the time, I suppose. So how many flies do you reckon is in this room then? Thousands. Thousands. You, you know, time you wouldn't even think of counting. I wouldn't them. know exactly how many, but the, we, we do hold a, a reasonably good stock of, of every fly. We have to, you know, to ensure that they, they can go out. Occasionally, you know, we're, we're all human. We're not perfect. So we do run out. Um, but that's my logistical job to sort out stock. As I mentioned yesterday, we had a little arrival of some stock yesterday. That was a top-up stock of flies that we saw was getting low. Um, but uh, no, we, 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 
balance well, it. I suppose it's fairly. something which is growing all the time. New patterns, yeah. you've got to be on the ball. Yes, yeah, yeah that, I mean, that is the side. I mean, not only that, you've got the barbless range and the barbed range now, so all our costs are doubled because we're trying to supply what we've got in barbed in barbless. Oh, right. So whereas many years ago it was just barbed, we had one bill, now we've got two bills or twice as much to pay because we, we're trying to emulate both hooks, barbed and barbless reach fly. It's just have. the most popular <coughs> patterns, um, is it, or do you try to get them all? It, it's... Well, the most popular flies, really. I mean, tequila fabs and boobies are always out there. Yeah. Um, and on the nymph side, it's the Nemo's, Chris Packet buzzers, lures, it's the snakes. I mean, it, it's, it, it varies. I mean, you can never say what's the most popular fly because each to their own out there. All the anglers will have their own favourites. So it'll be blue flash damsel one day, it'll be a Midas the next, it'll be a hare's ear the next. It's just, that's yeah. why we have to carry what we carry, just to cater for everybody. Do you find this growing? More and more people are fishing barbless? I think so, yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think more and more fisheries are pushing it because you yeah. know they, they, they believe it's looking after the welfare of the trout. I mean, I mean, I caught 50-odd at Rutland the other day and, and, and put a post up mentioning the numbers and, and I shouldn't really have done that because I don't normally do that, but I, yeah. I did and, and lo and behold, someone jumps on and, you know, don't you think catching that many is too many and what about the, the, the death rate of the fish? And I thought, well, you know... Anyone that fishes with me will know I, I take extreme care with the return of fish. You know, I'm really, really paranoid about the welfare of the trout when I catch it. I use barbless hooks. Very rarely do I touch them. The odd photograph here and there, but I'm extremely careful. And I really am. And, you know, when I get a comment like that, I, I can't help but throw yeah. my passion back at it and say, well, look, you ever watch me fishing, you will see... You know, the fish are in the net, they're on barbless hawks, they drop out, they return without me even touching them. If I take a photo, I'm extremely careful, back quick. I'll never put a trout back that's kind of wavering or wait until it's ready to go. So as far as looking after trout go, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really co conscious of doing that. Yeah. And, and yet You're going to get people. people. Yeah, I see people putting trout into the boat, flapping about on the nets. And I even saw one recently with photographs of browns that, you, you know, you can't keep anymore at Rutland on the boat seat for a photograph and thinking, well, that trout's come out the net onto a boat seat, the, the wooden thwartboards, for a photograph, picked up and been put back. I'm thinking, well, that's the sort of thing that you want to be saying, what about the welfare yeah. of the trout? Not me that's had a lot. Okay, that's fine. I can't help how many fish take my flies, which is what I said in that comment. It's, it's not up to me how many want to pull my flies that day. You know, the fish will congregate in that area for a reason. There's lots of fry there. So the numbers go up. But returning them, yeah. I'm, I'm very hot and... On, I on think when you face. get to a stage like you're a name in the sport and I get it it's like people will comment and have a dig at you for something and when you look at their profile they, they're not really experienced anglers they're just somebody who's using your name to, to get sort of attention you know as if they I, I angle all the time for people like that to be honest I, I don't even give them a response half the time yeah, well but, I, I like to make my point I mean you know I get what he was saying and, you know, and, and lots of people are going to read that post and read his comment and I thought, well, I'm going to respond to that because he doesn't know me, I don't think. Um, you know, he, he's seen 50 fish caught and uh, obviously the water's extremely cold this time of year and everyone went back like a rocket straight into the water, straight off. Sweet. I, I may have touched three of them, three out of the 50 <clears throat> fish that the guy and I landed between us. I think there was no more than four. He took a photograph of one, I took a photograph of three. That was it. But 
I, as I said to him, we're holding the fish in the water. I get the camera ready. I say now, picks the fish up, quick shot, drop back in again. That's how we do it. We're not allowing them flapping about in the boat, holding them for 10 minutes. You know, we really are very, very quick. Yeah. And, and so I like people to know that. And the difference I, I noticed as well with your flies, going on onto the flies themselves, now the patterns. Well, as there's lots of people selling flies now, but you, I think you're the only one I know that the flies are, are tied on your own hooks, which, you know, you actually yeah. sell hooks as well as flies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was important to me. I mean, you know, we all know that uh, a, lot of, a lot of people are getting hooks from Africa. I use Sri Lanka as well as one of my suppliers in Thailand and Kenya. A lot of people know Kenyan flies and, and, and suppliers are bombarding social media everywhere and wherever else. However, the way I differentiate myself is because the hooks, you know, don't get me wrong, when I first started, I was getting mine direct and you'll get one type of hook one month, another type of hook the next. And as I built my brand, built my name, built my my um, supplies to shops and fisheries, et cetera, et cetera, and customers, I knew I needed to take that change. I needed to take that plunge. I needed to get my own supplies. I now supply the vast majority of my own materials. I spend thousands of pounds a year on that. I've now got my own hook supply um, to ensure the quality of the product. I mean, the two most important things is, is the quality of the fly and the hook. There's no point in having a beautifully dressed fly on a hook that just breaks. Mm. I mean, reality is that you're going to get the odd rogue hook. You know, I've, I, don't, I won't name other brands, but I, I, I buy hooks in from UK companies here. I buy, I bought hooks in from Europe from another supplier of barbless hooks, and uh, I've had breakages. It happens. So we, you know, when when it happens across anyone's hooks. You just take it with a pinch of salt because it's going to happen. Maybe one in every three hundred hook will break. It yeah. happens, but you know you don't want that to happen. But it, but it does. How long have you been doing this? I started flies um, on a very small scale, nineteen ninety nine thereabouts. So Chris Dawn, um, I went out fishing with him on buzzers at Rutland because you worked for Trophies. I did, didn't yeah, you? yeah. At that time, I worked for them, and uh, we went out and did a feature on Rutland way back in nineteen ninety nine, nineteen eighty, somewhere around there, and. Um, that was a David Beckham lookalike days. Oh, that was that was that was the day. That was the day. The six pack, the hairdo, they had the whole works going yeah. on then. But it's all gone now, of course. But they were the days. Yeah, they were the days. And um, we, we had a cracking day on buzzers. And um, Dave Phipps in the shop at the time, uh, the manager there, who I knew well, said, "Oh, you know, put some of them in this little slot here in the, in, in the tray." So but I tied them myself. Tied a couple of dozen of them up, stuck them in there. And, they were saying, oh, that buzz there is what Craig Park caught. And of course, it was in the magazine as well, which helped. And then they sold, and then I added a couple more flies. And, and that's how it, it, it started. Yeah. It was like, we well, can have 12 little slots, Craig, and then 12 went to a tray, and a tray went to two trays. And now I've got however many thousands in there at any one time now, which, which is great, you know? It's great. Yeah. But a lot of work involved. A lot of work down hard, as you've seen, staying with me here, that, you know, I'm on my laptop at night, I'm on my laptop in the morning, always something to do. You know, people, when you're self-employed, you are the cog. You are the main cog of the business. Without you, it doesn't work. So and you do everything. Every fly which you send out, you've seen? Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I don't think people actually realise that the vast majority of flies about the door go past my eyes first. Yeah. Um, occasionally, they don't always go out past my eyes, and the odd little rogue one might go out the door. But um, no, I guess I won't let them go out the door. Because you've got so many... Flies there to choose from for your own box, you can see. You don't tie yourself. You no, know, no, no, no. I, I used to, no. and I used to enjoy tying, and I've still got a tying. I only bought a tying kit a couple of years ago. I thought I'd start fly tying again, and because um, just 
it's a nice relaxing pastime and um and uh it it uh I bought a kit and then I sat time for half an hour at the table and I just thought I just don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I've got millions of flies out there. Why do I need to sit here and tie them? It's quite a nice therapeutic thing to do, mate, isn't it? Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. I mean, I used to tie when I was a lot younger. I used to tie for hours and hours, and I used mm. to really enjoy getting everything looking exactly the same. But unfortunately, with the sweet shop I've got, it, it's yeah. I, can't, I can't justify the time now. You've got two young boys. Do they, do they fish? Yeah, the oldest one does, Oscar, um, 13. He fishes. We've just been away for the weekend at a competition I run at uh, Greg Lewis Springs in, in North Wales, a fantastic fishery there. Um, he fished that. He, he, he caught and lost one before I caught one, which was... Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, you managed to cast the line yourself for the yeah, competition? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I had a go, yeah, I had a go. But he, he can cast all right. Um, and yeah, the, the youngest one's not really into it yet. Yeah. He, he's, he's more homely and in the warmth. It's been than cold by now, yeah. What was it? How did he actually fish like? What, Greg Lewis? It fished well. Um, one guy won it with 10, uh, Kev Morris, uh, from Wales, I think he was. Uh, he, he had 10. He did brilliant. I mean, oh, he was okay. catching all around the lake. Slow start, but it was minus one. And then it got up to a staggering two degrees in the day. And uh, yeah, it was very cold, but everyone stuck at it. And, and 10, 7, 6, 5, 4. So it fished all right, really. Well, the plan for this weekend was to, like, when I was up last with him, and we, we had a day on the bronze, and you say, you've got to come up. November, December, even. Yeah. Like, November, December is the new September. I remember you saying it was in my yeah, head, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and Nigel Savage is saying the same. So, we penciled in, right, come up now. But you said it hasn't really happened on the bank this year. No. It's, it's not just not happened. Strange. It's just that, no it? point. No point. Um, the fact that the water dropped 50 metres at least on the bank. At yeah. least, I mean, you couldn't access it anyway because you were getting stuck in, up to your knees in mud, in certain, especially in my little hotspot on, on the peninsula at Armley Wood. We, we, John Scott Park and myself went down uh, for a sneaky session in the morning and, and we couldn't get to the water's edge because of the wow. mud. So we couldn't fish it, but it's, it's, just not hap- it's just not happened. You know, Rutland does that. You, you, you anticipate this real back-end bonanza like we had the year before, and this year it, it's just not happened. It's been happened. a funny year, mate. It's just oh. not happened. Apart from the water levels as well, which is, hasn't helped, I find it has been the longest autumn. I can imagine the leaves hanging on to the tree in, in December. Oh, yeah, they're, you still, know, they're still just clinging food. on, yeah, yeah. And then the thing was then, so it was mild, mild, mild. And all of a sudden, in about two or three days, it's gone bang the opposite oh, yeah. way. Arctic weather's come in and it's gone completely freezing. Whether that, whether that kick-starts what we were hoping would be happening now into January... I don't know because I've got a few days out booked out for some guiding then in January. Have you? And I'm hoping. Yeah, What's yeah. opening January? Isn't yeah, it, yeah, right? it's, yeah. Finishes end of Jan, closes February, and then opens again sort of around about the 10th, 12th of March. It's just one month to close. Sort of six week window where Rutland closes now and Grafham, yeah. So they're oh. still open. I'm out, I think, three days, four days in January. So I'm hoping this Arctic blast that we've got now um, brings what I thought should be happening now, happen, start happening yeah. in, in January. Because we've not be. had this cold weather yet until yeah. now. January might be a wet, miserable month. Oh, I'm not. Yeah. Um, so, will you fish again this year? No. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I know it's not long left. What is it? Two, three weeks. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm actually out this coming Thursday, two days time for a day in in the cold. But there's a lot on of the fish. boat. No. Yeah, on the boat. Yeah, there's a lot of fish out in front of the lodge. I, you know, I know where they've come from, but there's a hell of a lot of fry there, and that must be bringing them in. And uh, I say I'm out three or four times in January to date. Um, three at Rutland, one at Grafham. 
So oh, it? guiding gonna, this is not pleasure. Yeah, it's guiding days out. Yeah, chasing the bigger fish because they, you know, they they should be here now, and I've been putting folk off into January because it's not happened in December, which you know I can't get, quite get my head around. I'm, I'm wondering whether this cold spell will will finally yeah. bring that on, you know, because um, it hasn't happened yet, which normally it like does you, this time of year. Like you had was it fifty between you? Yeah, like yeah, one, just one just last week. Me and a guy. Um, were they on sinkers then? They're down deep? Uh, no, fast glass. They were Wasn't two or three feet. Two or three feet oh. from the surface, yeah. And, you know, we, we had two grown-on fish, four and a half to three and a half pound rainbows. The rest were silvered up stock fish, but you know, it hasn't been stocked for months. So where they've all come from, they've just turned up there. Is there? F- from wherever, you know. But there's a lot of fish in front of that lodge at the moment. So how was your season been January then? Uh, this one's been pretty tough this year I've had some good days but across the board it has been a trickier season I mean we, we had the hottest summer for a long time this year which which undoubtedly had an effect on it I mean certainly in the in the sort of four or five week window where we had consistent hot weather I never went because you're yeah. up against it straight away and then yeah. then I think that really warmed the water to 21 22 that degrees that early didn't it June yeah really yeah so it. you know that in itself 20 odd degrees temperature water the fish they're not interested really they're not going to play yeah. in that so I think that's had a huge effect on this season's fishing um and, and also the water cloud has been gin clear all year there's a thousands of mussels in there now that's filtering that water and the water's been so and I've not seen it like that ever before have you had any clear. big fish this year um I had an eight-pound brown, beginning of November this year, mid-November, uh, mid-November, sorry, it was about three or four weeks ago. A um, North Ham? No, that was down at the Normanton Blue Pipes. It came to a humongous, oh, yeah, a white humongous on a, a booby basher. I think the drift before that, I saw it come up to the fly, but it was two or three feet below it, and it just cruised away. We came back around the drift 10 minutes later, and, and I caught a fish, and it was in the same area, and it was a brown, which I'd seen come to the fly. It was about eight-pound one. Um, that was a stunning fish as well. Got the drogue in and chased it across the lake. Um, and then, of course, when you and I went out in June, we had those two seven-pound fish up at the tower on... on oh, September, that was. Was it all September? August, Jeez, September. September was oh, was it, it August? Yeah. Oh, it might have been, yeah. I met you in June. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a hot spell in June, wasn't it? Mm. No, but, yeah, it was... Only... But, yeah, those two browns, they, they were... I mean, they two seven-pound browns were cracking fish that yeah. day. Probably and it wasn't just those two. We had activity, we'd have fish come up, fish yeah, on. some big fish, yeah. yeah. Was, and that's, nice that's when the pinfire were there, that's when they were active. Water temperature would drop to a fraction maybe. And then since then it's just got slower. What's your highlights the last year? Whew. Um, those two browns, yeah. hard day out. Was, it was a good know, day. It, it, was was a good, it was an afternoon session and to get two fish like that and raise some other bigger ones and see the activity we saw, that was you know one of the highlights, definitely. And we stuck to it. Yeah, and uh, I also had a, uh, a brilliant day at Grafham. had three browns for about £20. Um, that was just recently again. Um, when was that? October. <coughs> two, two, two and a popper fry off the top, and they took them just like they were little dry flies, head and tail, as slow as you like, 10 feet in front of me, two £7 plus browns on a popper fry. What do you fish those popper fries? Do you fish along the sh- uh, close in? Yeah, yeah. I mean, notoriously at Grafham, especially this time of year, the fish are extremely tight. And um, I mean, twice, two occasions in the last sort of six weeks, I've caught fish behind bank anglers that are wading. Wading, oh, really? you know, they, they like to yeah. get in and see how far they can get out in the water. Well, one guy was okay, was 30 yards 
to his left, but we were actually behind him. He was out in front of us, and we were behind him in the boat, catching off the bank behind him. <laughs> and each time I, I caught three, and every time I caught, he turned around, look over his shoulder, and I'm letting it thrash about as if to say, look, mate, you, you should be on the bank because these fish are behind you. Yeah. And then the same thing happened the same day. Four or five, there was five guys going towards the seat there, all wading out up to their thighs. And uh, we were 40 yards below them, took the bank, the boat inside onto the shore. The, the bow of the boat was more or less touching the soil on the bank, the silt, just under the water there. And it was first cast, me and my, gui me and my, my um, guided chap out, first cast, both hooked into a three pound plus bar of silver rainbow. And all four of the heads, 30 yards up, all turned around and looked and heard one of them say, geez, they're behind us, look what they've just caught. And I'm like, well, there's the point, guys. You're all wading out up to your necks. And, uh, when you're fishing these fish pop-up fries, do you actually, as the name suggests, you, you, you strip it or you sort of fish it slow and then jerk it just to get that pop? Yeah, well, as soon as it lands, what I do, I give it two or three seconds because I think the fish hear, the, hear it land and go plop and they look instinctively, as you probably yeah. would. They look and then I leave it two or three seconds, go two fast yanks, two fast pulls across the top and it skates away and stop it, and then I think if any trout is near it, and they think, <clears throat> and grab it, and then if nothing happens in the first five, ten seconds, which it, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen then, I will just figure it back, almost start it, and every now and again, short, sharp jerk, bounce it across the top, two or three feet, stop again, do the same again. Yeah. So it's always normally um, within five seconds of landing, if something's nearby, two rips across the surface, yeah. and something's there, it's going to come But it's similar fish and drays then. Because usually when you're in a drifting boat, you're fishing dries, you're casting out, and usually you get the fish straight away. Yeah. Oh, you know? exactly the same. Exactly the same. If they're there, with the dry, if they're there, they're going to come at it within three, three, four seconds. You yeah. know, just chuck it, drop, one, two, three, whoosh, up, chuck somewhere else again. Just fan cast. Yeah. I'll do that with dries. Give the fly five seconds on the surface, whoosh, up, cast it to the left, yeah. whoosh, up, cast it to the right, down in front, to the left, to the right, back to front. Yeah. Constantly. Those proper phrases, it sounds exciting stuff, like. Do you remember years ago, there was a time like back end of the year, September, I always used to fish chew more often than not, because it was local to me. And uh, my cast, I know what my cast was then, muddler on the top, silver and victor and something else in the middle, and an appetizer on a point. And then you'd like cast a long line and just rip, 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 rip. And you get the bow waves coming after it, you know. I haven't done that for years. and I wondered if no. it would still work, you know. No, no, neither have I. Uh, my dad's favourite used to be a muddler minnow. Yeah. Um, the little brown one with the silver body, the, the, yeah. the brown head and whatever else. Oak and the turkey wing. wing. Yeah, and it, it just bounced across the top and fish chasing all over the place. But I haven't fished a muddler for years. I haven't no. fished one for over a decade. I suppose a popper fry you could, they would chase if they wanted to. Oh, yeah, it's the same on. thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've had them bow waving 20 yards behind the fly before. Yeah, that is exciting. That that's the thrill of the of the surface fishing, isn't it? It's it's the the thrill of seeing it bow away from behind it and then eventually just jumping on top yeah. and grabbing all of it. So, what's the number one method you found this year? Your best, most successful method? Obviously, that would change throughout the season, but um, certainly since September, the humongous has been the fly for me this year at the back end some September onwards. And, and bizarrely, normally, I use the black and gold. It's, it's my go-to fly every yeah. time. But this year, it's been the white one. Is the it? white humongous is, is... I mean, I had that eight-pound brown just a few weeks back on it. And um, 
Yeah, it, it's... I How big do you fish that then? Sorry? Ten or eight long or something, is it? How big a fly is it? Size eight. Yeah, yeah. An, an eight. Size eight hooks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I like a good long tail, silver flash under the body. And it, it's it's completely outfished the black and gold one. I fished the black and gold one alongside the white one at the same time. And just Fair this enough, year, I... they're picking out the white one. I have vouchers available to spend on my online shop. The sign prints, ghillie cattles, and other accessories. Or for one of my guiding tuition packages. Plus now taking bookings for my Corrib Farrox days for next season. I was um, in Clawedog last weekend chatting with Russ and Gaz. And Gaz is one of the Gaz's flies, top flies, humongous. Yeah. He was saying yeah. that's the number one go-to fly. Um, but after saying that as well, I asked him the question, the most popular method on Clawedog, hands down, is the bung. It's the same. Mm. People don't fish it so much here, though. No, no. I mean, I don't think I've fished the bung this year, to be honest. Really? I really don't think I have. Um, no, I mean, it's... So, Rutland's been a bit bit bizarre this year. Um, it's just not fired like it normally does. Uh, you know, you get spells of when they put stockfish in and it will fish well, etc., etc. But generally, it's been a bit of a topsy-turvy season for me on there. Um, I mean, it has its stay on the bung on there, but it's not something I normally go to, to be honest. Yeah. I much prefer straight lining, fin or washing lining. Unless I hear the bung's fishing well and or I'm in a competition and someone's fishing the bung and, and out fishing me, then I will fish it, but it's not a go-to method I would do. I, small waters, I will do it, because it, yeah. it works very well on there. Do you fish much competitions now, though? Did you do any this year? Uh, I did. I, I didn't do as many. Um, I mean, I've had a busy year with other things going on. I've been to Canada and all sorts of things, and the England oh, youth right, team yeah. away in Ireland, and the England senior team away in Wales. So I had a lot going on, and I've got to try and juggle the family with my fishing. And so I have took a little bit of a back back um, burner to it this year. But next year, um, again, there's one or two that I'm, I'm not <clears> going to be doing purely because of time. Um, you know, they, they take a lot of dedication, practice days. Yeah. You know, way at True Valley, two days practice, two days match. So you're looking at five days. You've got the cost element. And again, I'm away to Canada this year for 10 days, or 2023 for 10 days. Um, What's that, play holiday? It's, it's, a, it's my 50th birthday treat to myself. Me and oh, a gang of boys are going over there. For, for, you know, ten of us, nine of us are going for, for 10 days. Fishing? Salmon fishing steelhead, yeah, at oh, Terrace. Yeah. I remember you saying you liked salmon fishing. And, uh, yeah, so I'm going every year now. Running a trip for 2024, if anyone's interested, get in touch. Uh, to Terrace in Canada again. For, this is for a week, though, though. From 2024 onwards, it'll be a week yeah. um, of fishing for steelhead, coho salmon, and king salmon, etc., etc. Absolutely fantastic. I mean, it's just out of this world. I wish I'd found the place years ago. But really? I went last year for the first time, um, had a 20-pound steelhead, had 19 salmon in the week, all on the fly. And uh, I just, it was just phenomenal. Couldn't believe it. Yeah. I thought, oh, I, I can't get there. Double handed then or single handed? Um, I caught the first three on a single handed, uh, biggest sixteen pound, until I got overexcited for photograph and snap my rod, uh, ah. and stood on it. Well, stood on it, and uh, that was the only trout what I took. So I was just distraught. I had a, a double hander, thirteen foot, uh, which I used for the remainder of the week. But I know that I would be. Very happy to use an eight weight rod, yeah, all, all the time this next year when I go. So, I'm going to um, take a spare with it, just use the eight weights, take several rods, yeah, three rods, eight weight fly lines. 
but it was just amazing, absolutely amazing. So I've got that next year. I'm the England youth coach still. I'm in Wales next year for a week at Clwedd. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for that. You're the youth, youth coach? Yeah, the youth coach, yeah. Um, so I'm in Wales with the England youth team next year at Clwedd, so I'm really looking forward to that. Never fished it before, but I know it's an exceptional place to fish with oh, loads yeah. of fish. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. More fish than water in the Clwedd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't wait, to be honest, because I know, you know, 15 or 20 is not... Have not... you been coached before? Sorry? Were you coached before? Yeah, went, the first time. No, I went to Wales to um, Ireland last year with the England team. Oh, the did youth you? team, yeah, yeah. How did they do that? Uh, we, we were second. And what, what water was that? Uh, that was at Loch Lean. Oh, yeah. Fabulous yeah. place that was, yeah. Down in uh, Kerry? Sorry? Down south, down in Kerry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and England was second. We, you know, one of the Irish lads, you know, exceptional rod on the day, had six. And had he not had six and, and averaged the rest of the team, two or three would have actually won, which, you know, you know, when we were scraping three and four as a whole team yeah. in practice, but we, we concluded that the only way we were going to catch one was on the surface, so we ruled out any pulling, because um, I pulled for two days without fish. So, you know, if I weren't going to catch one pulling, I don't think many people were going to, so we ruled that out, and, you know, what was caught amongst the team, which wasn't many, was we decided was in the top foot. So, as a team, we decided surface fishing only, and we nearly pulled it off. We had yeah. you know, the team had ten, eleven fish, and um, we're very unlucky. I think um, Chloe Dog would be more suited for the English boys. It's very much a um, a rainbow water than, mm. than the browns, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it, it's getting... it's full of fish. We know, so you know, it's going to be yeah. it's going to be big catches. We think, um, and it all comes down to the day again, doesn't it? I think tactics yeah. might not be as accurately needed there because there's a lot of fish in there. Um, so it'll be um, down to who catches the most. Yeah. Which I think the way it fishes could be anybody, really. Yeah. It's a nice venue when the water's coming up. It was down 17 metres this year. Jeez, yeah. But it's down to six now, or up to six. So it, I thought, I'm sure it's doing this winter now, it's going to come up. Yeah, yeah, Rutland's the same. It was way, way down, but it's pumping in like crazy now. And what's your goals for next year? My goals, um, well, uh, one of my goals is to ensure a safe trip for everybody on my birthday to Canada. Um, you know, that's that's something I'm really excited about. Um, so I'm looking forward to that again. It will be nice to uh, win the goal for the youth team. That'll be, I mean, got to yeah. fancy our chances at Clawedog. There's a lot of yeah. fish in there. I've got a good bunch of boys around us now. Tim, Tim Joyce is... My, my right-hand man, um, he, he certainly knows what, what he's doing and how to coach. So, you know, with that combination of me and him, I'm sure we've got a great chance. We've got some really good anglers in the team as well. And I'm so, sure you'll have uh, a few flies for them. Oh, of course, absolutely. I mean, that, that's, you know, there's, there's a, a, an endless supply of flies for the boys there. So we've certainly got that on our side. Um, but, yeah, that, that's one of my goals f- for, the, for the youth team. Um, do I do the England Eliminators next year? I don't know. You know, I, I've got other priorities now yeah, in my yeah. head. You know, I'm, I've got my family. I've got other goals outside of fishing that I want to be achieving as well. Yeah. So um, I've got to see how it goes, you know. My, my work, life balance is changing as we go, as my priorities in life change. But uh, I'll certainly be there. I'll certainly be on the what scene. What do you do to switch off? Because with, with your life, you can see, you know, your business is flies and fishing and tackle. And then you're taking people out, guiding. Do you ever get to the stage? You just, you just, it's, it's too much. I do. I sometimes, I'll, I'll take about three or four days. I don't look at social media. I don't want to see a fish. 
Do you find like that? Yeah, well, to, to be honest, I mean, just this year, um, I've literally taken to stock going on to Messenger on my phone. Because I know when I go in there, there's questions. You know, as I'm on Rutland a lot, I'm, I'm getting asked pretty much daily, yeah. Hi Craig, I'm off to Rutland tomorrow, I'm off to Rutland Friday, I'm off to Rutland yeah, next week, yeah, how's yeah. it fishing, da, da, da. I've even had a phone call recently about Craig, the six was coming up to Rutland in May, can you, uh, our usual um, bed and breakfast guy, Airbnb guy is no longer doing it, can you find us some accommodation? And I'm um, a bit of a directory really, um, yeah. and I don't mind, but it, it, it's, it's, you know, it, it's, it's constant. So I'm, I'm starting to think at times, I just want to switch off from it because you know, my mind's racing under my now a lot of the time with my work, with my flies, with my supplies, with my supplies, with my buys, with my hook supplies, with my flies coming in, with my stock levels, with my invoicing, with my online orders, with my everything. I'm fishing on top of all that. So my mind's always racing. I'm always busy. And, uh, you know, I, I don't like to say no to people. I'm, I, I don't like that. So I'm very open to emails and WhatsApps and questions and Messages. You won't be answering no messages on Monday. So, uh, on Monday? Your birthday. Oh, oh absolutely, absolutely <laughs> not. No, my 50th birthday. I'll be taking the complete day off. My, my, I won't turn my phone off because I'll be getting messages, no doubt. But, um, no. Uh, but, you know, I've, I've got to keep on the ball because, you know, I, I, I like the fact people come to me for the questions on Rutland and fly lines and reels and this and that. I get that and I like that because obviously they see me as, as a port of call for these questions, which is obviously reflects well on me as an individual that they, they feel they can come to me about that. So, you know, I do respond to everybody. Sometimes I miss it because, you know, I can get not just messages about fishing, but messages from suppliers and buyers and all the people I deal with and, and messages do drop off the screen and I don't always pick them up. And then, you know, so I can miss bits, which good old days of emails for business um it's now whatsapp it's emails it's phone calls it's texts it's messengers so i don't always pick everything up yeah and someone will say oh i sent you an email or I sent you a messenger or I sent you a whatsapp I'm like, well, don't always go across all my social medias every day yeah. seeing what's going on i do miss bits and bobs now and again so um i do like the good old-fashioned email because emails i check every day and night um, and afternoon and on my phone yeah. but text whatsapps messengers i don't always check that social media every single day and occasionally i'll miss bits but which I, which frustrates me if i miss someone's asked me a specific question about i'm going to rutland tomorrow and i see it two days later i think damn i yeah. wish i'd wish i'd seen that just to let them give them a bit of a, a pointer really because that's good for me and it's good for them and uh but you know i do like to uh come up for air now and again and uh, just of late I will think no I'm not going to look at my phone tonight I'm going to not switch yeah. my laptop on at 8 o'clock at night I'm going to chill and I do that but I wake early I'm an early morning person quite often 5 o'clock 4 o'clock yeah. I'm up and uh, the first thing I do is laptop questions queries problems whatever's going on I deal with that first boys get up at 7 in the morning and I'm running around looking after them every day yeah. and then uh, if there's anything to deal with on laptop up it comes again get it out of the way, and then, then it's work. Yeah. Or fishing. Well, as regards fishing over the winter, I don't think I'll be doing an awful lot now. Might get the odd day. I'm not into grayling. Everyone's into grayling down South Wales. And it's not something I would really want to do, stand in a, a cold river catching fish. But um, I'm looking forward now. You know, I'll switch off very much a traditional sort of mindset like we used to years ago. Last day of September finish. And then start back again, then March the 1st. And I'll be doing that now. And uh, 
I, one, one of the things I enjoyed last year, one of the highlights I had was the day we had, and it opened my eyes how many big browns there are in Rutland. It's sort of the five, six pound, mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, the idea was to catch these fish now, back end, didn't come about. So, but I'm looking forward to next spring. Uh, because the, the big fish, when I, when I fish in Ireland and the Corrib, it's not the back end, it's always spring, you know? Mm -hmm. So, next, maybe March, April. May, May's the time. Be, oh, I'll be in Ireland then. But I will give it a go, definitely April. But the thing is, April then, on the English water sure, it's buzzer time, isn't it? They're all going to be the temperature. Yeah, the, uh, the the big browns are in Hideaway Bay, and it's no secret. Hideaway Bay, April, May. Um, as soon as the water starts to warm in June, they disappear. But they're there. I took a guy out last year, um, specifically on browns. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah we, they're on the buzzers there, but we were, we were fishing humongous on a die five sweep, which is the right line that time of year to get them up. And um, the day before, sorry, the day before, I, I'd risen at least 10 fish in Hideaway Bay. And there probably wasn't one under five pound that day. When I rose and I was like, really? geez, there were some real lumps, you know, double figured one or two of them. Proper quality fish. And they're always there year in, year out, every year without fail. And so I got on the phone to a friend of mine who, who wants to, to catch them. And it was a guided day and he said, all right, do you think the time's right? So absolutely, How let's go Luton? tomorrow. So he came come up from Luton and uh, we fished that day. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm the guide showing him how to do it. And uh, I rose half a dozen or so to the boat, up to double figures again, uh, without landing one. He, he landed four, um, four browns, seven pounds was the biggest, six, four, and a five. Humongous. All on a uh, black humongous, black and gold humongous, all on the die five sweep, uh, as I'd said, and uh, I couldn't believe it. He, 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 he talks to me now, I take him out quite regularly, and he talks to me now saying, I still can't get over that day, Craig, I'll never get a dollar that again. Um, I said, well, you may well do, because they're there, and uh, we, we're certainly heading there again next May, um, hopefully for a repeat, but to have four browns of that size in one day was, was amazing, yeah. and uh, he still talks about it to this day, and it was what, just last year. You have to show me where this tray is, even I guess. I'll have to get a food for next year now. <laughs> well, it's been great to catch up again. Um, how do you fancy going up and bite to eat now? Yeah. And yeah, we take a spin over the Rutland, yeah, see what's just, going on there. I can just see that the sun's coming out a bit now, so uh, a little quick nip out for something to eat and a quick recce across to Rutland sounds like a great Is plan. Is your brother fishing today? Not today, he was out yesterday. Yeah. Um, but not today, no. Um, so yeah, a uh, bite to eat and a uh, little nip across nice to Rutland, ten minutes away. One thing left to say, you know, was Merry Christmas. <laughs> and a Happy New Year to yourself. And a Happy Birthday. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Craig. You're welcome. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to listen to more, please consider becoming a patron where you will get over 90 past episodes and weekly podcasts, plus photography and exclusive content. To join, visit patreon.com forward slash casting with Kerry Jones or see the link on my website castingwithkerryjones.com. Well, that's all for now. Tight lines and don't strike too soon. <laughs>